Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Andre, you know what is great and what sucks? What's that? Buying a new truck. Uh, does it is it great because you have a new vehicle and why does it suck because um, it, they're impossible to get uh, and then when you want to get something you're lucky to get anything not what you want to get so in this episode Andre we're going to be having a frank discussion about truck buying why we bought our new Ram 2500 Bighorn Cummins yes. uh, and then we're going to talk about a trip you took to the Upper Peninsula that was a long trip yes long way to go yep uh, and what'd you do up there? And I saw the latest technology. I saw a glimpse into the future, Roman. I saw an electrified heavy-duty truck. Wow. Yes. An electric heavy-duty truck. Well, yes. it makes sense. You think electric motors have a lot of torque, so... Yeah, well, trains, locomotives have been electric for a while. People don't know that. They think that they're, <laughs> that they're diesel. Well, they have diesel generators. <laughs> right. But they also have electric motors. And then yeah. at the end, we're going to talk about kind of the coolest uh, new and upcoming trucks as we just got back from the Chicago Auto Show. And we saw some pretty cool new trucks that are up close and personal. So um, let's get started. So, Andre, I wanted to get a uh, tradesman. I wanted to have a video series where we bought the cheapest heavy-duty diesel we could get. And the, the cheapest one in the market right now is a Tradesman Yes, uh, with the Cummins. And the Tradesman is 43000 the 2500 Ram Tradesman. Yeah, but let's rewind a little bit. Okay. Right. We really wanted a heavy-duty truck, right? Right. So we, we have, over the years, we've had several long-term trucks, and most of them have been actually full-size half-tons. Yes. Um, we had the one... Uh, Jeep Gladiator was a midsizer. Yep. We had that for about a year. Uh, and we've had an F-250. But, but we, we were... <laughs> You're really rewinding. We were earning. We were earning for another heavy-duty truck. You mean yearning. Yearning. Yes. <laughs> and, earning, and earning. <laughs> we were yearning and earning all these videos. Uh, no, look, the reason we wanted to get a, a, a diesel HD truck, I think, yeah. is because how can you have a truck channel and not have reviewed and tested and owned a heavy-duty truck. And the other reason we wanted to do it is because I think the most popular question that we get from our viewers is, at what point do I need to go from a half-ton to a three-quarter ton? Would you agree? We get that I mean, there's daily. Like, there's like, there's all, it's not that question, but there's all these different versions of it. Hey, I'm towing uh, X yeah, yeah. Airstream. It weighs yeah. 9,000 pounds, and I've got an F-150. When do I want to go up to the power stroke? Right. That, that basically is a question. Or will a Tundra be enough to tow my ginormous, ginormous boat, right? Yeah. Or I've been towing this for a while. I'm near the limit. Should I upgrade? So we wanted, or, yeah, we wanted to do that. a video series where we actually – uh, do some scientific measuring, and we answer that question definitively. At what point, and that's going to be a hard question because it's not that simple, right? At what point do you want a heavy-duty truck versus a full-size truck, or if you're old school, a half-ton versus a three-quarter ton? So let's go back again to last year. Yeah. Right. Remember, we talked about this maybe six months ago or nine months ago where we really wanted 
And we kind of zoomed in on the RAM, right? And we wanted the 3,500 tradesmen. Remember this? Yeah. And we wanted, you know, the high output engine. We wanted, you know, over a thousand pound feet of torque and make it grandiose and great and ice and transmission, all of that. The SRW. Yes. We didn't want to do it. Single rear wheel. Yep. And then inflation hit. Yes. And, and things got crazy. <laughs> uh, and we thought, you know what? Let's get the cheapest heavy-duty truck diesel you can get. And that happens to be a Ram Tradesman uh, with the Cummins. So the Tradesman, like I was saying, is 43K. And as you know, the Cummins is basically a $10,000 add-on. So you're at 53000 which seems reasonable. For, okay, for, it's for, a heavy-duty truck for, with a diesel, yeah. For a truck with a lot of capability. Except, Andre, that truck does not exist. Well, because why, why doesn't it exist? Well, there are a couple of reasons. First and foremost, the dealers add on a bunch of stuff, like the snowplow package, like the skid group package, like the off-roady package, like the – there's just a bunch of stuff. Appearance so, package. Yeah. So uh, the tradesman becomes more of a fancy truck, and you end up with at least five, all the way up to almost $10,000 worth of – Upgrade. So now you're going from 53000 to 63000 And the other thing is most dealers order their tradesmen in one of two configurations, right? The four-door. White with, or white? Oh, uh, white. Yeah, that's <laughs> not a problem. They're all white. But the four-door crew cab, right, yeah. with the eight-foot bed or the two-door with the eight-foot bed. Uh, and, and for our needs, we wanted the, the shorter bed. Uh, something more manageable. Something more. And, yeah. and look, the longer bed is good for, like, uh, uh, sliding campers, right? or uh, it's good for uh, fifth wheels, right? Uh, but we wanted something we can actually take off-road. And God help you if you buy one of those uh, crew cabs with the eight-foot bed. That is, the breakover on them is like, is like the Titanic. And also the turning radius is like the, the Titanic. Titanic. Yes. And those are big trucks. And parking it at Walmart is not easy. Yeah, those are long trucks. Yeah. Uh, and so I looked, I scoured the interwebs, looked all over the country, and I could not, for the life of me, find uh, that base tradesmen with the Cummins. So why not order it? We could have ordered it. But we would have to wait months, right? Yeah. The, uh, or Ram, weeks. Ram would have accommodated us. You know, they said, hey, if you want to order it, we can order it. But you know what? Uh, I just, you know, we're in the business of making videos. And uh, I wanted to get this answer to our viewers as soon as possible. Plus, we've got a lot of, like, big towing jobs coming up. Uh, and so we needed a real towing vehicle. And I didn't want to wait the potentially two to three months to get one. Exactly. And we also, there's another big reason, right? Tumbleweed Ranch. Yes. Uh, which is uh, our new property. It's about, what, 20, 22 acres yes. of land. And this truck will come very handy because uh, we have big plans. We want to build another building on the property. We want to... Barn. Uh, barn. We want to make an off-road course. Yes. Uh, we need to bring equipment there. Yeah, we, we've partnered. We're trying to partner with a local Denver company who emailed us saying, hey, you can borrow their skid steers, you can borrow their excavators, and all that stuff is heavy, right? That Those are um, heavy bits of equipment that you're probably going to want a uh, heavy-duty truck. And the cool thing is, Andre, with this truck, I think it's got... Well, anyway, why don't you tell them what we bought, and then I'll tell them the cool news about it. So it turned out, by the way, I was out of town. <laughs> you were gone. You were, you were I actually was, going on the Michigan thing we'll talk about next. Yeah, the, the, I was going on my uh, event trip into the Upper Peninsula. So, uh, so I was experiencing this from re remotely. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually saw the live show that you and Tommy did, which was pretty cool, because I really wanted to learn more about this truck. Uh, ended up being a Bighorn, so this is a step up, right? From it's a five thousand dollar upgrade, so potentially from tradesman. Yeah, potentially you could go forty three, fifty three plus five more for the Bighorn. But once again, the dealers load them up with everything usually. But this was on the lot, correct? This one was on the lot, and we had okay. a choice of two colors. 
Uh, granite or silver. We chose silver. And I think that was a good choice. Yeah. I think granite is too dark, right? Is it yeah. darker? Yeah. It's darker. And that one's got the, of course, they put the midnight package on it. As you can tell by the plate, we bought it at our usual place, Johnson's. So yeah. if you guys are looking for a place that does not charge over sticker, Johnson's. Johnson uh, Auto Plaza. Yeah. In Brighton, Colorado. Uh, um, we're not getting paid by them or anything. We just have a nope. really good relationship with them. Uh, they take care of us. And so... Uh, uh, you know, they had the truck. It was silver or granite. I chose silver. You think I did okay? Yeah, I, th- I think so. And it actually looks kind of premium because it has a painted bumper. Uh, it's, I think it's part also of the midnight package. Yes. Is it midnight package? That's another, yeah, it's like a $3,000 package. Yeah. But also it looks a little sinister because your headlights are kind of blacked out a little bit, your grill and badges and, and those wheels. Look at those wheels, dude. 20s. Yeah, too big. We need to go like 18s and like they said you could go 35s potentially without having to do anything more than a leveling kit. So a little bit more tire and less wheel. But you know what? Before we do that, that's an off-road build. We've done that all the time. Let's just tow the bejesus out of it, right? (laughs) Let's just let's just use it. So so here's the good news, okay? Uh, I think it's got a towing capacity of about 20,000 pounds, Mm -hmm. which means. That you may actually need that CDL if we fully load it. But I have one. I know. That's what and I'm I saying. I haven't been using it. You finally get to use one because you can exceed 26,001 <laughs> yes. pounds with yes. this if yes. you load it up completely. Potentially, yes. Yeah. Uh, gross combined weight. Uh, this truck, so it's a diesel. So they call it standard output, right? Right. Um, it has a six-speed uh, automatic transmission behind Which it. Which doesn't have a great reputation, let's be honest. It's a 68 RFE. And, you know, you. some of you have commented about this. We know this. Yeah. But that's why we buy trucks. We test them. Yeah, right? uh, yeah. If we, we don't want to speculate right. and say, oh, this transmission is not good or good, uh, engine is not good or good. We're going to put it to the test, and you, you better be sure I gauntlets cross-country trips right, with trailers. So um, a couple things. Let's talk about, you know, we've had it. We've put out on that a lot, like 100 miles or something. Let's talk about a kind of interest, couple interesting things that you might be curious about. Number one, Andre, let's go, we'll count them down. Number three, I like counting down. Number three, why didn't we get a Chevy or a Ford? That's a good question. Stay tuned. Uh, well, until, until when? This year, soon. Stay tuned. There's a reason. And I'll give you <laughs> There's a, a reason. We tried to not buy... Uh, the same manufacturer, right? So we have a TRX, but we also have a Tundra. But we try to we try to get different manufacturers. So the guess there is maybe there are other trucks coming from other manufacturers. Exactly. Yes. So stay tuned a little bit more. Right. Right. Because it's time, certainly, for the TRX to go. That's going to break my heart. Um, so that's going to have to go. Uh, it's probably time for the Bronco to go. Yes. Uh, that's going to break my heart as well. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But then we'll ha- we'll bring in new vehicles. Um, yeah. Uh, and replace those. Yeah. Ro- usually, rotate them. Yeah. We usually keep them, uh, you know, anywhere from a few months to a year at the most. And the TRX is kept over a year. So if you're saying, oh, you guys are Ram fanboys, yeah. that's not the case. Not the case. Just stay tuned. Be- because yeah, like we said, we're going to rotate the trucks we have, and we already own several manufacturers. Number two. Yes. Counting out. Um, you know that um, usually uh, you, you need to break a truck in, right? Before, yes. Before you can tow with that it. That was my impression. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I was bummed because we got a lot of big towing coming up. Uh-huh. Lots of big towing. You're, you're, well, in two weeks, I want to go to Arizona. Yeah, you're going to be towing. We've yeah. got a new video series where we're taking that old F100 and we're going to be electrifying it. So that's kind of cool. But we've got to tow it down to our friends uh, at, what's the name of the company again? Well, Legacy EV. Legacy, that's right. Legacy, Legacy EV and also 101 Motors. 101 Motors, they're going to uh, do the work. Right. So a video series where we electrify that will be way cool. Uh, anyway, you got to bring it down there. We wanted a towing, uh, towing rig. Uh, this is it. But normally you think, well, you have to wait. You have to break it in. But you know what? You don't. But 
You looked at the manual. Uh, we looked at the manual. I was like, yes. uh, I was like, hey, what's the breaking period? And the answer <laughs> so is. So what does Cummins and Rem say? There is none. They say they want you to <laughs> stress it. They want you to put load on it. That's what the owner's manual says. Okay. If there's no breaking period, you just go right at it. Well, you know, it kind of makes sense for a heavy-duty truck. So if you were, you know, let's say you had a small business. Totally. Do you want, yeah. Do you want to wait a month before you can use it? No. You want to put it to work right away. Yeah, yeah. So makes sense. So we get to, we get to, uh, you know uh, hitch it up right away and put it in service. I so, cannot wait. So I'm super excited by that. Um, so let's talk about number one: uh, the things that I'm impressed by, and the things that I'm a little disappointed by, having driven it. You know, just let's say the last two days. I have one too. Okay, well, or a couple. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about them. So uh, let me do the things. Want to do the the negatives or the positives first? Those are the positives. Okay, so the pos- okay. positives are I'm, I'm really impressed by that Cummins. I love that diesel clatter. Uh, it just, it, it, I love the torque. Uh, what is it, 850 pound-foot of torque? Yeah, and it's low grunt. You know, it's, it's a straight-six engine, right? Yeah, so you drive what, you drove it, what, from the place Yeah, and I drove here. around, and I, I, I put like 100 miles on it. Okay. So these are my, you know, initial impressions. So I love the torque. Um, I also love the high, this high seating position. It's a tall truck. It's not even lifted. It's a tall truck. That is a tall truck. Yeah, it's not lifted. Uh, actually, it's in the studio next yeah. to the TRX, yeah. and it's towering over the TRX a little <laughs> bit. It is towering over the TRX. <laughs> uh, I actually like the interior, too. I think Graham, once again, has done a really good job. We've, we upgraded the seats, so they're cloth, but they're the nicer cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a $200 uh, add-on. But uh, I do really like the interior. We got the little bit bigger screen, so I actually love that. The TRX has a big 12-inch screen. This has a smaller screen than all the buttons. I like all the buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the fact that we have a, a leather steering wheel. Any place I touch on a vehicle, I want it to feel premium. Um, I love the, like I said, I love the diesel clatter. There's something, once you drive a diesel, it's hard to go back to a non-diesel because you and get the, so used to that kind of percolator sound. And the, and the RAM in the comments is a little bit more pronounced, right? Um, GM and Ford has worked to really quiet down their engines, right? And they're, you know... They sound okay, but Ram always, you know, you can hear the exhaust brake um, and you can hear the clatter, uh, and I cannot wait to drive this one again. soon. This is becoming a meme for all Ram drivers, but, you know, I love the rabbit ears or, or elephant ear uh, towing mirrors. The moose, yeah, the moose, moose mode. They come out. That's pretty yeah. cool. That's almost a meme. Uh, I love uh, the exhaust brake. That's a cool button. You know, you're, you're driving a diesel and you have, oh. an, exa- you yeah. have an exhaust brake. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I love uh, the comfort of the seats. I think they're fine. They're, they're you know, very comfortable um, and uh, very, um, I could, I, you know, it, it feels to me like that is the ultimate uh, road trip car, it, uh, road trip truck, sorry. It'll go fa- farther uh, than your bladder will ever manage, I think. Doesn't it have a, like a 31-gallon tank? That's what so? Yeah, should I talk about the things I don't like while I'm at it? And then uh, well, you talk about the things well, you like? And Let me do a couple of likes. Okay. And then we'll go to the dislikes. Okay. So I, I love the look of it. Yeah. So I think the look of it, I mean, they nailed it. Uh, once again, um, they redesigned it a couple of years ago, but I think the grill, the way they've done it, and especially in this color combination, it looks pretty, pretty mean. Um, so I, I love that. I love, and then the profile is just right. You know, it's not too raked, right? Some of the trucks are just nose down and the rear end is kind of in the air. But this truck, I, th- I think they nailed the overall look of it. Uh, the payload, what was it? 2,200? Yeah, 2,200, yeah. 2,200 pounds. Not a super high payload on this model. Uh, I was a little, di- I'll save that for later, a little bit disappointed by that. Uh, but overall... Um, yeah, but everybody's payload is going down now. 
Well, the old big, it, it big shouldn't. payloads are, but they just it just is. I mean, what's the Tundras? 1,400 pounds. Yeah, that's not a, exactly. But it's not a heavy-duty truck. But still, this is a heavy-duty truck. I, I get that, but it's still not like, you know, it feels just enough. Well, so if you're towing 20,000 pounds, which I don't know, I mean, we technically don't have a trailer at 20,000 pounds yet, but... You'll have to have like one person in there. So, do you remember that uh, icon that we did where we uh, try to, where we towed the half track? Yes. Remember that though? We used to have the gold hitch reward, the best towing truck in the land, and we wanted something cool to tow. Well, that guy had a friend who had a Sherman tank. Remember that? Yes. And I was, I had this great idea, and I got, I got, I got, my enthusiasm got away from me. So he's like, Yeah, I got a buddy who's got a Sherman tank, and he'll let you tow it. I'm like, Great. So I pick up the phone, and I called him, like, Hey, you have a Sherman tank? He goes, Yes. And he goes, can we tow it? He goes, sure, you can tow it. And then it occurred to me to ask him how much it weighs. Okay, and you asked? <laughs> I asked him, guess how much it weighs. I, I remember this, I think, what did he say, like 50,000 pounds? 80,000 pounds. 80,000? I think it was 80,000 pounds, yeah. I mean, you have armor like that thing. Yeah. And he said, you could, Then so we came to the conclusion that we could probably, without a big rig, tow the turret. <laughs> so needless to yeah. say, we never towed a Sherman tank. Right. Well, the time is still young. <laughs> well, well, we need a semi truck. We need, you need to borrow that uh, hydrogen truck that uh, Hyundai keeps threatening to the, let the you drive. The Exient. Yes. The Exient. That'll probably tow it. All right. Uh, so, what else do you like about it? So, well, I'll, I'll have to get behind the wheel, but I, I really like, I think Bighorn is the way to go. Tradesman may be a little bit more simple, uh, you know, vinyl floors and, uh, you know, kind of a little bit more um, inexpensive materials. But I think big, Bighorn is kind of in the meat of the market for Ram. Laramie and Longhorns and limited trucks are way too luxurious, uh, too expensive. So I'm glad, actually, this is a Bighorn. So one of the things I don't like about it? Yeah, go ahead. Actually, I do like the togs. They're massive. Those and things they're blacked are, out. Yeah, those things are huge. Yeah. Uh, so you can see the ver- first thing I don't like about it immediately are those headlights. It, Andre, I'm not joking. That's a $68,000 truck. And without those fog lights, it's undrivable at night. Yeah, they, they are uh, basic that bad. lights. They need to be LED. At yeah, this point. for sixty-eight thousand. Yeah. So that is the biggest problem, and, and I think the truck manufacturers know this because they're making money hand over fist on their trucks because they're so decontented compared to regular cars. So we just—I'm going to use the P word because I know truck guys hate it, but we just had a Prius here. What are you doing? We got we. Tra- I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> There's an ad just popped up on our website. I apologize. <laughs> anyway, we'll use WeTransfer. It's good. Anyway, so so sixty eight thousand dollars, which you know. That's what I don't like. It's a lot of it's money. It's the price. It's a lot of money. But so we had a Prius here, thirty one thousand um, dollars. Now the nice thing about the truck, it does have heated uh, steering wheel, and heated seats, which is mm-hmm. great. Uh, so the Prius had that. Plus the Prius had basically what Tesla would call. Uh, autopilot, so okay. you know it. Adaptive cruise control, lane centering, blind spot monitoring, autonomous braking. I believe they were LED lights. Um, none of that is in that truck. No adaptive cruise. No adaptive cruise on this one. No, none, okay. of, none of that is in the truck, including Andre. No fender um, skirts, liners. Liners, right? Which no. is just cheap. I mean, how much is a fender liner, dude? How much can that cost? Two dollars. No, I just bought them for my F-150. Yeah. I know exactly how much uh, it costs. Well, that's how much you bought them for and yes. how much they source them for. Uh, I don't know. The, the, the material that my wheel liners for my truck yeah. came, they looked like the, you know, the bottom grade plastic. Yeah. And I paid 180 for, for it. All right. So let's figure, let's figure there are like 70 bucks to, to, to source. 70 yeah. bucks. 
And it just finishes the truck. You know, the mud yeah. doesn't stick yeah. in the back of the bed. Yeah. Um, and it just looks nicer. Yeah. So, so there's upsetting. just so much missing. You know what? The holes are there, but there are no little, like, plastic lights in the back of the bed. There's one light, you know, the tail light. Oh, yes. In the middle. But none of those little, like, lights. No electric outlets in the bed. No liner in the bed. No bed liner, yes. No bed liner. I mean, I mean, it feels like for $68,000, you just went to uh, the dollar store. You know, and, and got the 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 least expensive thing on the menu. And this is a truck that is, and some of the stuff I can forgive, right? So I can forgive, like if you want to decontent it in some ways, Ram, you can do that, right? And it's not just Ram. I don't want to be picking on Ram. Everybody, everybody does it. Yeah. So Chevy does it, uh, Ford does it. They all do it, right? But come on, guys, basic things like blind spot monitoring on a towing truck, headlights. Right, headlights. Headlights. These, these are huge safety. There's there, there's no reason not to have, and I think Andre, if I were a, a truck manufacturer, I would include all that, and you would you would you would get not only gold star, but I think you would get a bump in your business because every automotive journalist and everybody would be like, wow, this manufacturer actually cares about their customers. Right, they're giving things like autonomous braking. I mean, these are things that that make driving a truck safe uh, and it just so shows that you care about the people who are purchasing it or if you don't include that stuff it kind of says the exact opposite so on the flip side and they, i don't mean to pick on ram I, yeah they're great they were you know they're, you know they be working with them but it's all the heavy duty truck manufacturers guys just somebody break the log jam and put on all the safety stuff well here's I want to play devil's advocate just for a minute. Right. Right. So let's say it had LED lights. Right. And let's say a rock came out and hit one. Right. They're probably about $1,100, maybe more to replace. So if you're a simple okay. uh, working man, uh, you, you or woman, you don't want to pay, you know, $1,500 to replace a headlight. You just want to replace a bulb maybe whoa, if it burns whoa. out. All right. I'll, I'll take, let me take a step back. Yes. Without, like I said, with I think without those fog lights, it almost is undrivable. But but why? How about, how about, I can't understand how, this. There's you know there's there's basic headlights, and then there's candles. This is a candle, Andre. Seriously, it's a candle. It's, but it's 2022. And, and, why are candles still exist? And we I had don't the, get remember it. we had the same issue with the uh, with the, the Ford F2, with the F250. F250 had the same issue. Exactly. Remember our Gladiator had the same issue. So we we had the same issue with the F250 uh, with the Godzilla. Yes. And we had to go and find a company that actually did aftermarket uh, bulbs, right? Yeah. And, and then the problem with them is if you want to go LED, you have to do a little fan with them, and then it becomes a big heat sink. Heat yeah. sink. It becomes a big rigmarole. It's not just like lift the hood, pop open the headlight, and put a new bulb in, right? It becomes a much more big thing. And I think this is something that the manufacturer for for dollars, not tens of dollars, dollars could fix. So, you know, headlights are, in, you know, incredibly safety uh, important. That's a horrible mm -hmm. sentence. <laughs> headlights are like one of the safest uh, things you can do. On yeah. a truck, yeah. So give me good headlights. I was I was like, when I was driving it at night, I was so bummed out about it. I was just like, oh, my and God. And is the light kind of yellowish? It's, good, it's just good. it's just it's just barely illuminates, and then I found the because we did get the fog lights. And I found the fog lights, and all of a sudden, okay, now I can see. But yeah, this this is uh, I'm done. With this. And it's not just. Hey, by the way, you got a yeah. Roman rant for free there. So there you go. Oh, wow, that was a that was my rant. By okay. Way. So yeah, anything so, else you're not like? So I I really. Oh, oh, one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Where are the heavy duty lights? Ah, uh, no lights. Yeah. A couple of antennas up there. No lights. Um, I that's, think that, that's an option, right? It's an option, I mean, but it's cool. At, at least, at least for this yeah. single rear wheel truck. Yeah. Um, a dually would have I, to have them. 
I really don't like, well, first of all, the bedliner. That just kind of slapped me in the face that for, for you know, $68,000, the bedliner was not included because it's a working truck. Like, let's say we want to carry gravel or something else back there. Um, and, you know, we, we have a wrench, right? So we need to get some sort of solution for this. And we have some ideas. Uh, we'll get that soon. Um, and just the price. Yeah, but I, 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 I know I, every truck is getting more expensive. Exactly. But, but, but just, to, just to I can't complain about the price because we're looking at like trucks now that easily exceed a hundred thousand dollars, and you know, electric trucks. Ford, sure, they said the Lightning's going to be thirty-nine, but realistically, <laughs> it's going to be eighty. You know how that is. Well, we ordered one. Yeah. Yes, it's eighty. Eighty. Yeah. Yes. The the Rivian we had was seventy-three ish. Yeah, seventy-four-ish. Yeah. With a couple of options. Yeah. Yes. And that's that's like a. And that seemed reasonable. That's like a tweener truck. You know what I mean? Uh, a Gladiator or a fully loaded Tacoma. You're definitely getting into the fifties. Yes. Maybe even the sixties, right? With Gladiator, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. It just, I mean, inflation is like like knocked the wind out of everybody, I think, recently because you show up at the dealer and you're like, <gasps> I can't believe that price. And, and you're lucky to get the truck. Seriously, you're lucky to get it. We, I felt yeah. lucky to be able to get it. Yeah, so th- that's the good and the bad. Um, and so I, I cannot wait to tow with it. We're going to put it to work, like we said. Uh, uh, I is probably next, right? Um, cross country trip. I gotta go to. I gotta take a trailer to Arizona. I cannot wait for that. And uh, so I've got some solutions. Yes. Uh, hopefully, so having you know, I've gone real negative. Let's go positive again because I do love the truck. I really enjoy driving it. Uh, I think it's a perfect size. I think once you go heavy duty, it's. I can see like once you go HD, it's hard to go back. Yeah. <laughs> now getting into like uh, the Tundra, I just feel like oh, this is like a midsize truck. <laughs> There's just something about a big truck. Once you get used to parking it, it's just it's yeah. just and, and especially a big size diesel with that instant torque. It's and really it's going to be very useful. Very yeah. very useful. But we're, we've partnered with our friends at. The WeatherTech, uh, they're a new sponsor of ours, and they're going to give us a bed mat. So we'll test that out. We're going to get some uh, WeatherTech uh, liners because yeah. this one came with the little carpety ones, you okay. know, which don't work for, on the ranch. It's not for ranch work. <laughs> no. Not, doesn't no. work on the ranch. No. Might work. Any, but doesn't work on the ranch. Uh, and I, I just... Uh, Puts a huge smile on my face every time I get behind the wheel. So I did, you know what? I was worried about the ride because it also came with the tow plow package. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about this because the springs are heavier in the front, right? Uh, not. Apparently, we did some research. And if you get the tow plow package uh, on the V8 Hemi, then uh, it does give you bigger springs. But with the Cummins, they include the bigger springs automatically. Already because the engine is yeah. heavier? And, and I was on, Interesting. I was on LinkedIn, and all of a sudden, last time, last video, we said... Remember when we did that uh, uh, plowing video with the boss plow? Yes. Uh, the guy from uh, uh, Boss contacted me, the marketing manager or PR manager. Uh, he might be interested in working with us on doing a plowing thing since we have a plow package on it. So and it snowed six inches last night. <laughs> if we're going to do that, we better hurry up because we got about one more month before it's going to start getting uh, very springy. Springy, yeah. So, so um, what um, what are you looking forward to doing with it? Well, just um, like I said, so longer bed yeah. than because um, uh, all of the half-ton trucks we currently have, the Tundra, the TRX, uh, they have five and a half foot beds and they're a little short. Yeah. This has a longer bed, um, what, six and three quarters uh, feet. Um, Which is a big deal if you're like a motorcycle guy. Yeah, if you're carrying motorcycles. That's the you difference want to put, between like uh, being able to close the tailgate and yeah. now, oh, by the way, the tailgate also not dampened. 
oh, it just falls down, bam. But it's very light, but nevertheless, <laughs> just stuff like that where you're like, don't even think about it now because everything's become dampened. You're like, oh, you still do that. There might be a little, you know, strut we can buy for that. And it's, it's very light. I'm but, not but, gonna... but it's a wrench truck. So right, yeah. anyway, um, so I'm, I'm, I cannot wait. You know, it's going to be really useful. You know, motorcycles, we have a TFL bike channel. Um, Alex and Case could use that as well. Uh, I really want to go cross country in this thing because Cummins, you know, one of the things about it is fuel economy, right? Right. Uh, we want to show uh, maybe initial fuel economy, right? And then uh, have it for four, three, six months. Um, and then after it gets a lot more miles, do it again. So that's another show th- its fuel economy. That's another thing where the manufacturers have actually. Uh, gone down quite a bit fuel type fuel tank size we're looking for a suburban and the old chevy's actually a 240 gallon you can get the heavy duty 2500 <laughs> suburban had 240 gallon tanks and that's, part of that could be because yeah because better fuel economy but 31 gallons seems it's like not, it's just barely yeah, enough yeah so that's why you know i want to test it um i mean it's Cummins, I mean, but running by itself on the highway, it could get closer to 20 mpg. Of course, they're not rated by the government, right, because they're heavier So trucks. at 31, you're at 600 miles of range, potentially. Which could be good, but towing, of course, that will go down heavily. I, I think they make um, a bigger tank. I think you can opt for... But I think it needs a longer bed, potentially. Yeah, I think it's like a 44... I think there's a 44-gallon tank, but you might need a longer bed. Yeah. But nevertheless, it would be nice. I don't know, maybe it's like the manufacturers figured that once people try to fill up a 44-gallon tank and see that they have to wipe the card <laughs> twice that they're going to be, like, put off or something. Yeah. yeah but I would, I would rather twi- swipe the card twice than have to stop twice. Exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah, anyway. So I, I cannot wait for that. I don't know if it's really a truly off-roady truck, but I want to take it off-road. I mean, it's a four-wheel drive, maybe it, on the light trail. And, you know, I mean, the, the rub on um, heavy-duty trucks always is a ride rough, right? I mean, these are solid axle monsters. Eight lug, right? This is... Heavy, heavy, well, if you're a semi guy, it's not that heavy, but from a pickup truck standpoint. But, you know, it's not that bad, actually. It's not, it's okay. It, it's, a, you know, it's a little rough. And they've improved them over the years. It's a little yeah. firm, uh, but it's not like, it, you know, not like riding on a, on a, like a cattle cart, right, where you're just jumping over expansion yeah. joints. It's actually okay. It's not like a driving in a like a 5500 empty, right? Right. That rides really hard. And look, we, we've got ATs on it, so that's okay. Right? 18s so, or 20s? No, ATs, all-terrains. Oh, ATs, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, so it should be okay. You, you should be able to go off. We, we have the four-wheel drive, of course. Yeah, they're Firestones, yeah. uh, Firestone tires. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's coming up. A uh, lot more videos, right? On TFL Truck, we'll have some on TFL Off-Road as well. Are you looking forward to doing the towing comparison? Yeah, between, heck yeah. Between yeah, the that's the eye gauntlet. That's the eye gauntlet. You know, that's going to have to be very precise, right? Because I want to get it right. Uh, we have many questions, like I said, daily. We j- yesterday we had another one. Which truck should I get, heavy duty or light, uh, light duty, uh, half ton? So and, and people also, when we did their first video, they wanted to know why we didn't get the Hemi instead of the Cummins. Uh, and the reason was we have never owned a, a, a diesel, so it was time for a diesel. Absolutely. Yeah. Because potentially diesel. the Cummins could be uh, uh, you know, much more expensive and less of a work truck in some ways, whereas the Hemi could be more of a work truck, but you're going to lose towing capability. And you're going to lose efficiency potentially yeah. while working. So I'm glad we got comments. Yeah, I know it costs ten grand approximately to get it, but I'm really happy with it. All right. So, Andre, you just got back from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Yes, but before we continue, I want to thank some of our Patreon supporters. Please do. Uh, because this is a huge help for us. And also, patreon.com slash TFLcar. It's our only Patreon page. It's where you can ask questions, and we're always there. 
Um, but I want to thank a few people uh, who donated recently. Ashish Alishedi. These are complicated names. I'm sorry. Gregory Wodak. Wes Brawley. Mike Stewart, And Alan Ekstrom. I hope I said great, that correctly. You did great. Congratulations. Good <laughs> Sorry, uh, a lot of really complicated last names. And thank you guys. Without you, uh, you know, we wouldn't be able to do as many videos as we do. And this is just the last seven days. Wow, nice. So these are supporters, new supporters that came on board. So thank you very much. Uh, if you have a question, uh, write it right there on Patreon.com in their message board, and we'll talk. Um, so tell me, what were you doing in the Upper Peninsula of so, Michigan? So Magna International yep. invited... TFL truck and yeah, me yeah. Uh, into the Upper Peninsula for something they called Winter Test 2022. So let me switch images because this is now Winter Test. Okay. Uh, and basically, the highlight of this and what they, I really wanted to drive and look at and learn about was their latest technology, which they call E Beam. E Beam is their electrified axle. So they so, electrified an axle. Wow, yeah. that's crazy. So, and then it, there's more than that uh, because let me show you this image. So, if you're watching this on TFL Talk YouTube channel, you'll uh, of course see some images. If you're just listening to us, we'll just describe it. Uh, in the back, imagine the real, um, just a standard heavy duty axle. Um, it's a steel tube with a differential. Well, what the differential is, they replaced it with this aluminum enclosure. Uh, this basically case, which uh, contains the electric motor, some gearing, and also an uh, electronic locker. What do you think? I think it's badass, dude. And let's talk about Magna. Uh, Magna, of course, is a company out of Austria, I believe, right? Well, so they have a huge... They're multinational, probably. Well, they're multinational. They have a huge presence in Europe and Austria. Um, they have many testing facilities there. We're not even uh, multi-state. <laughs> we're just we're just no, local. We're Colorado based. Yeah, we're local. <laughs> uh, but so when I went there, I, I have to say this little story. Uh, my wife was asking me, where, you know, where are you going? Which company are you going to yeah. be visiting? I said Magna, and she said she'd never heard of Magna. And you know, she's not in the automotive world, and I I don't blame her. But turns out this is a you know a Hawaiian company. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, may no. I get it? Okay, no. They make oh. subcomponents and systems and parts, and they even s built some vehicles. You know in some when? Cases. You know when Steve Trucking used to work with us? We were yes. multinational. Yeah, he's, but he's now Canadian. we're not. Yeah. So Magna, of course, is Austrian. I don't know if they're Austrian. They're the company. That well, they're builds, based in Canada too. Yeah, they build a G wagon. Uh, they build. Um, uh, what else? I, I'm going to blow your mind. Okay, blow my mind. Are you ready? Yeah. So uh, this is just a little bit of a portfolio that Magna is, Magna is involved in. They've built the X-Drive system, all-wheel-drive system for BMW. They've built the Formatic system. If you're in a Jeep Wrangler, you're using their transfer case. If you're in the Jeep Grand Cherokee, also the same. They, Like you said, they built the Unimog, the G-Wagon. Hmm. Um, and they have components in many, many vehicles across the industry. So it's a huge company, 158,000 employees, Roman. Wow. 158,000 employees. So anyway, so they have this project. They want to be able to offer this to manufacturers, o OEMs, um, where if you so choose, you can actually electrify a heavy-duty pickup truck by replacing, direct replacement, Take out the old axle, put this electri uh, electrified axle in, into the same suspension, same size, and this new electric axle weighs about 40 pounds more than the older 
just steel axle. Okay. So you're not gaining, you know, it's not a lot heavier as far as the actual motor is concerned. Um, you see this thing? Yeah. That's a little uh, inverter uh, that converts electric where, energy. Where does where does the uh, where does the battery live? Uh, the battery. Uh, this is a prototype. The battery was between the frame rails. You can kind of see this uh, gray. Are they rectangle. are they going after? Like the aftermarket? Are you saying this is something? Because that seems like it's very um, no. So Magna, very complicated. So Magna has most, and that's why my wife never heard of them. Okay, is because they're they're they interface with like Ford, Ram, GM. Right? Okay, so they're not trying to sell this to like you and me. No, they're oh, not. They're not. Yeah, they're not. So axle swapping, so, I can do, but the rest of it would be difficult. <laughs> You don't want to wire a battery uh, or in, in, uh, install an inverter. No, those orange batteries scare me, Andrew. They have a lot of power. <laughs> you get that wrong. Yes. You're going to only do it once. You're going to be zappy. <laughs> no, 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 no. So uh, I'm just saying from the end consumer point of view, uh, eventually, and potentially they said uh, maybe 2025, so, this will be productionalized. So like Rivian has put the motors inside the... Kind of inboard, right? Inboard, yeah. This is actually a motor inside an axle. Exactly. Okay. Um, so, but the beautiful thing about what I liked about it, and then we'll talk about what I didn't like about it. Okay. Um, what I liked about it was that you don't have to modify your suspension, right? Uh, let's say you had a GMC truck, which is what I actually drove. Um, you just put this axle in. And there's some pictures I took from the event, and there's a cutaway also See, that shows orange wires, uh, scary a, a big orange wires. Um, you just put the same suspension so you don't have to redesign the frame. So in theory, this would be a little bit more economical because the manufacturer like GM does not need to change the frame to accommodate this axle. Um, so that's pretty straightforward. So let's do a deep dive. You actually spent some time with one of the engineers uh, actually interviewing him and he yeah. went and gave you a deep dive into this. Ryan Shaw. Ryan, so let's yeah. let's do this, Andre. Uh, let's cut to the interview with Ryan Shaw. If you guys are listening to this, you listen to it. If you want to see it, it's vis visual. Go to tfl-studios.com where we put up all of our videos and you can watch it um, when it comes out as a video and you can actually see Ryan pointing to stuff and Andre. Uh, but let's cut to that and then when we get back, uh, you tell me what you didn't like about it, all right? Okay, Ryan, please introduce yourself first. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Ryan Shaw. I'm the manager of the Advanced Engineering Department in Magna Powertrain North America. So let's dig into the components that are underneath this GMC truck that you're showcasing, starting with the E-beam, which is the rear axle, right? Yeah, yeah, this is kind of the heart of the intelligent force and really one of the biggest developments around this vehicle. Uh, this is Magna's approach to electrifying heavy-duty and full-size trucks. Um, really some of the key concepts that you see here is it's a traditional beam axle layout. Uh, this is not an independent suspension or Dadeon or some of those other variations you may see out there in the market. Uh, Magna's approach to this was to make a system that offered a no-compromise approach to electrifying these full-size trucks. So what that means is no compromises on payload, on towing, and on that right foot feeling. So, some of the key features to allow us to do that <clears throat> here is the electric machine that you see at the center of the system. Uh, the e-machine in here is a three-phase permanent magnet motor. It's this part. Correct, okay. yeah, correct. Um, and you'll notice it's mounted coaxially to the axle shaft. So there's actually an axle shaft running directly through the center of the e-machine. Uh, part of the reasoning there was to keep uh, the unsprung mass of this system really centralized. It also aids in packaging so that it has the OEMs have more room 
for battery technology, kind of keeping this really centralized, tight package. So this is where the regular differential would be? Yeah, correct, almost been. in the center of the pumpkin, yeah, correct. So how's, how's this diameter? I mean, is it comparable to the diameter of the differential? Yeah, yeah in these heavy-duty trucks, it's very similar, uh, especially with the water jacket for the cooling system that we have here around the motor. <clears throat> so downstream of the motor, you can see the gear train uh, all polished up for our prototype here, <laughs> <laughs> looking fancy. Yeah, um, kind of point as we go yeah, along so, yeah, we, sure. so we can... Yeah, so our basic gearing architecture, it's a lay shaft style gearbox. So we come from the rotor shaft here in the input up to a lay shaft system and then finally to a more traditional final drive. Uh, what you see here is a uh, user selectable electronic locker uh, in Dana 60 trim. Uh, this is a four pinion differential here, uh, really robust, designed to be tough and handle everything that these three quarter ton trucks can send at it. So let me let me get another look at it. So this is kind of part of that, and yep. uh, the locker is a part of this. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah, and when you get a chance to drive the truck, that's kind of classic user selectable on the dash. You can choose to engage that system. So, so that action is normal too. If you're used to the truck, you you know how to use Absolutely. it. Absolutely, okay. and that was our goal, right? We uh, we were trying to make something, uh, let's say crazy futuristic or, or change the outlook of how a truck owner is going to use their truck and what they expect it to do. Uh, sometimes you get in vehicles, it's almost confusing to be able to uh, operate them in all of the new drive modes. So this does a lot of things in the background, uh, but allows you to have that similar interface and feel to what a traditional truck has. All right, so now what's next? Um, let's talk about this. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Connect. Yeah, so uh, this is our inverter. Um, as you've seen in some of the press releases, we have a remote-mounted inverter. So in the actual vehicle, if you were to put it on a lift, this inverter is bolted up to a cross member, kind of in between the battery and the cab of the truck. Um, some of the thoughts there, uh, our early prototypes, we wanted to uh, alleviate some risk and get that inverter off of the axle and up onto the chassis. Um, it also does allow for some flexibility for our customers that maybe want different inverter options. Keeps us a little more flexible to change some of these components. Um, from the inverter, you have the three-phase AC cables that run uh, from our power electronics down to our e-machine uh, through the cable and some bus bars. Uh, a lot of work was actually spent to ensure that this cabling system and the connectors will survive the shock loading and vibration loading that you get with these uh, you know, Hotchkiss-style suspensions jumping around. Um, in the future, uh, it's in our plans to also offer options with this inverter directly integrated onto the axle uh, to offer some more flexibility for the OEMs, again, for packaging, some efficiency gains, things like that. Uh, but at least give us some options to be able to uh, fit into whatever platforms make sense. Yeah, I mean, so this is shown as a kind of a GM heavy-duty setup, right? Correct. And the suspension components are the same. Is that is that right? Yeah, uh, and, you know, that's one of our proudest features and I think greatest selling points of this system is that we're actually using the stock OEM suspension pickup points at the bump stops and the spring perches and the shock mounts. So those are OE parts here that you see, including the wheel ends. So this is a full float wheel end. This is a, a stock GM 2500 hub uh, that interfaces perfectly with the demonstration vehicle that we're going to show you today. Uh, and this is quite literally a drop-in solution. So we drop out the ICE axle and bolt this one right back in. No changes to suspension architecture, no changes to spring rates, no changes to damping rates in the shocks, all stock components.
Interesting. So, I mean, the whole axle weight is about the same then yes. as, as it would be otherwise, right? Yeah, it's actually really close. Uh, putting the stock axle on the scale compared to this one, uh, we got about a 40 pound difference if you're just talking the axle. If you put the inverter on top of it, uh, we're closer to 55 pounds. Uh, delta heavier than the stock axle, which is really nothing when you're talking, you know, near 400 pound weights. Yeah, yeah. So, and how much power? I mean, you mentioned between like 220 kilowatts to 250? Yeah, correct. So the trim that you see here is 220 kilowatts uh, in this prototype, uh, scalable easily to 250 kilowatts. And that's um, in horsepower. It's, and this is just the rear axle we're talking about. Yeah. So in yeah. horsepower, it's like what, 330, 350-ish? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. And then we have a front drive as well in the vehicle that uh, puts you up north of the 500 horsepower number. All right, so let's go on the other side and see see a little bit more. <clears throat> so what are we looking at here? And I want to talk a little bit more about cooling and some of the other options here. Yeah, very important in the, the heavy-duty truck market. So on this side of the cutaway, you have a, a good chance to see some of our lubrication system and some of our uh, electrical connections from the bus bars, uh, you know, connecting the inverter to the e-machine. On this side, okay. Yeah, but really uh, this kind of lends itself to that discussion about cooling and lubrication. So uh, what you see here is a, a heat exchanger that's an oil to water cooler, uh, and then a feed tube that is putting some of that oil into back into the e-machine to cool it. Uh, for this approach, we really threw the kitchen sink at this system to be able to keep up with the needs of these heavy-duty trucks for towing. Uh, you guys tabulate all of the numbers. It's really insane what these trucks are capable of nowadays, and those numbers are only going up. So our strategy was to both water cool and oil cool the e-machine, uh, which is really your generally your limiting factor in a continuous power scenario. Uh, so we're using water coolant, you know, from the vehicle's coolant system uh, to cool the stator or the OD of the motor, and then we're using oil. Uh, that also is a shared sump from the gearbox. We're using that, which is fed with a gerotor pump that goes through the system, cools the oil, and then spray cools some of the e-machine components. A little bit of secret sauce going on in there for how we're getting all of that done. Uh, a lot of development work uh, was done to ensure that we were able to meet these towing capacity And so I'm trying to picture this. So, And the radiator would be kind of in a typical position up front, or how would that work? Yeah, in the truck that you're gonna drive, we're actually using the stock radiator, which, okay. uh, to be honest, may even be a little oversized for some of these E-drives. You okay. know, the uh, massive gasoline engines require a lot of cooling as well. So, uh, in the truck architecture, we have uh, two coolant loops, uh, one for the battery, standalone, and then one for the E-drives. So, uh, the general path is this coolant passes through our power electronics, both the inverter and to the e-machine and then back to the vehicle's cooling system. And basically explain a little bit more about the inverter. So obviously you have a prototype battery, right? Mm -hmm. So that's uh, your energy storage. Mm -hmm. And then so an inverter basically converts that. Can you explain that a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the role of the inverter is to take the DC power source, right, the battery that's located between the frame rails and convert that power to AC or three-phase power, which is required to operate the e-machine. So it's really the controller. Uh, and more importantly, even, it makes a lot of the decisions about how much torque or current to send to the e-machine based on our vehicle controller software. So there's a lot of decisions that are being made uh, in order to give the proper vehicle performance on that inverter. And you have to cool the inverter as well, right? Yeah, specifically so the power module. Is there like a port on there? Yeah, yeah, correct. You see the fitting right here on top. Uh, there's a, a small coolant channel that allows us to cool some of the power electronics in there. 
again, with, you know, continuous and peak power in mind. And you're showing this here on the GM heavy-duty truck, uh, but, I mean, in theory, this could be any kind of manufacturer of heavier trucks. Absolutely, so speak, right? absolutely. Uh, you know, we essentially have solutions, uh, you know, from class one, uh, even north of class three as well. Uh, the demonstration vehicle you see today kind of made sense for us because we have access to that vehicle. We make a lot of parts for that vehicle today in production. Um, it seemed like a good fit, a good starting point for this to, to show it off. So vehicles like a 3500 Dually would be the class three. Mm-hmm. And is it scalable even further up? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Did you consider other solutions like hub motors, or why did you choose kind of this e-beam solution? Yeah, there was a, about two years of benchmarking, research, and simulation to lead us to the architecture that you see today. Um, most of the reasoning behind the architecture you see has to do with the towing and payload requirements. Uh, looking at being able to handle you know, north of 30,000 pounds pushing down on this in some high G situations, uh, the beam axle scenario or beam axle architecture really lends itself to a strong, robust solution, which is what these OEMs and customers are looking for. Um, and if you go with the beam axle solution uh, through our partnership, or JV, with LG Magna, uh, we were able to get a pretty beefy motor to stick in here uh, to be able to meet some of the power and torque requirements. And, and how does it connect? I mean, there's an axle tube here, mm-hmm. right? And it's connecting to this housing, too. Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of traditional Salisbury-style connection. Uh, it is an aluminum housing and a steel axle tube, uh, but that system is pressed together. Uh, there's kind of a press land in here about yay long. Mm-hmm. Um, and in production, that will be a welded interface similar to what, what you see in today's Salisbury axles. Cool. Um, do you have the front motor yeah. here as well? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is a, a cutaway model of the front e-machine or e-drive that's in the Intelligent Force. Uh, it's actually on a swivel too, so we can look at some of these things on okay. uh, both sides. Um, key rundown on this components are this is a three-in-one solution. So uh, this system has the gearbox, the e-machine, and the inverter or power electronics all within the same housing integrated. And uh, what's key here is it's, it's not really a bolt-on inverter, right? This isn't a, a box that's bolted on. It's actually integrated into the side of the unit, so there's a lot of clever packaging work that was done here really to get the smallest package possible with the highest torque density. Um, if I spin this around, we can kind of see the e-machine and some of the gearing interfaces might be a better shot for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right here, so, so the inverter is on this side. Correct. Electric motor here and some, some of the gearing as yeah, well. Yeah, correct. So uh, this uses a, a similar gearing layout with a lay shaft uh, offset drive uh, type gear set. Um, but there is a couple other features here on the system as well. Uh, this features uh, both a park lock system and a disconnect system, which allows us to completely separate the e-machine and gearing away from the truck or away from the axles, the wheel ends, for efficiency's sake. And you'll be yeah. able to experience that in the truck later. So too. you can go two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive, so to correct, speak. Correct, correct. Um, and I just want to see kind of how it connects here. So this is kind of the one out- output shaft? Uh, no, there's another one on the other side here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah it's goes, a single-axis output. And uh, the vehicle that you'll see today has a, a torsion bar front suspension with half shafts up front. And we've just modified the interface to fit directly to that truck. So talk to me. Can you decode the name? EDS mid plus. So what is <laughs> yeah. that kind of telling 
Yeah. What is that saying? So, uh, yeah, the alphabet soup of uh, some of the Magna products here. Um, really what that's showing is where this motor or where the system falls in our portfolio. So uh, our strategy is to have products, you know, from small passenger cars all the way up to these higher class trucks that we just discussed. Mid plus means uh, this falls in a, a mid-level power uh, numbers okay. for our portfolio, which for this system is around 170, 180 kilowatts. So the rear axle was about, what, 220, 250, this yeah. is 170. So you combine them, I mean, you're looking at 550, 580 horsepower. Yeah, and the truck is a rocket ship. Um, and, you know, it's different horsepower too, right? We spent a lot of time, uh, we know trucks really well, we make parts for them and have been, you know, since the start of our company. Uh, so it's been really interesting to get back-to-back -back comparisons of, of not just the number, the horsepower, the torque numbers, but the feel, right? There's no shift points. Uh, it's very smooth. It's very calibratable. Um, it's amazing now that if you don't have prop shafts and transfer cases connecting the axles, the control strategies that you can have to make the vehicle, the vehicle's DNA that the driver feels be very different and tunable to whatever a customer needs. Yeah, so and you talked about disconnecting this, right? So can you talk a little bit about like traction control and or other dynamic situations. How, how does that all connect, sure. I guess? Sure, uh, in the truck that you'll drive today, uh, we're actually not using any of the OEM traction control or stability control. Uh, the only thing that you will feel is some of the split mu left to right where the brakes can grab to get you off the ice if traction control is on. All of the fore aft traction control system that is in the vehicle is done by these e-drives and inverters. So we're looking at the vehicle data, understanding what's happening and making decisions very quickly on our systems for where to put torque. So it's all e-drive based traction control that you will experience today. And is it also, uh, is, does it have the all wheel drive feature as well? Yes. Uh, so smart all-wheel drive, so the driver doesn't have to like switch it in four-wheel drive necessarily. No, uh, you do have a selectable two-wheel drive or four-wheel drive. When it's in four-wheel drive, uh, the system has uh, some built-in drive modes to give you a, a more planted, typical truck feel, or something that's a little more aggressive that can kind of let you hang the rear out, feel a little more sporty, and that's completely tunable based on customer needs. And also you mentioned capability, so approximately the same towing, numbers like 14,000 pounds, for example, yep. and approximately the same payload, right? Because yep. the suspension is the same. Yes, correct. The vehicle is actually only uh, about 600 pounds heavier than the stock truck. So, um, is that because of the battery as well? Yeah, yeah. correct. Yeah. Um, and you know, that was our focus is to maintain that payload capacity and, and really that some of the limitations of this truck are the factory components. And so... <laughs> You make, I mean, a lot of other components, so let mention a few of them, um, especially here, these two. Yeah, sure. So uh, one last electrification component. Uh, this is the front drive, the secondary drive in a Volkswagen ID4. Uh, this is kind of our EDS low, so on the lower power range. Uh, quick high level, a basic three-in-one design, again, with the inverter integrated. Uh, this is an ASM, uh, asynchronous motor really focused on tight packaging, high efficiency, low cost. And then over here? Yeah, so now we're moving into kind of our traditional market. So these are our transfer cases. So what you see here is a two-speed active transfer case that you'll find in a, a traditional heavy-duty truck. Currently? Um, yeah, it's correct. Currently. So it came out, what, a couple of years ago? Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. And Magna's been a leader in the market in that you know, all-wheel drive technology or, or active transfer case technology. And if you're driving a, a Jeep Wrangler, 
you're probably using a magna transfer case as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we don't sell a lot to customers, right? To to you and me, we sell a lot to the OEMs that put our parts in the brand new vehicles. So uh, we've got some big contracts currently in production with the Jeep Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and pretty much all the heavy duty or full size GM products. All right, Ryan. Well, thanks. You've yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Dude, Ryan was real. He was a kind of managed the engineering team, and as you heard there. I mean, he was intimately involved in every aspect of it, including the front motor, right? It, this is an all-wheel drive system, four-wheel drive. So uh, what don't you like about it? So a couple more things that I loved. Uh, acceleration was amazing. Four-wheel drive uh, system was really great uh, because, I mean, they have a lot of experience. Like I said, X-Drive system they built. They built transfer cases for others, other manufacturers. Uh, really well-sorted management of motors. But they never talked about range, battery, because they're, they're not really a battery company, right? Mm. So Magna does not make batteries. Um, they partnered with other companies like LG and others uh, to, uh, to kind of you know, facilitate some of this integration. Uh, but the number one comment that I know you have uh, out there who, you know, heavy-duty truck people uh, is about range, right? How far will it go? How heavy will it tow? Uh, where, you know, how, what about the payload? Did they talk about horsepower? Yes. Okay, how many? How many? So, huge power, yeah. right? Uh, because the excel, well, electric motors make tons of torque. Uh, combine, if you combine the rear axle, which is an electrified axle, with the electric motor up front, which is what this concept, this prototype had, why is it changing? Okay, there you go. Um, 550 horsepower. Nice. And did you get to drive it on the ice? Yeah, I did. How was it? Th that's not me, but I did the same thing. How was it? Uh, uh, it, was, it was great. Uh, I got to drift it. It was quiet. Uh, there's no engine, engine clatter, so obviously. So what, what did they do with the, what's under the hood? Did they show you? It, it, I, I opened it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'm going to show you. I'm going to have another video about it. Okay. It's mostly empty. Okay. I figured, yeah, they got rid of, <laughs> they got rid of it's the not five. A it's not a frunk, but it's almost empty. Let me see if I have any more images. Um, so there's another picture okay. of the axle underneath the so truck. So they got rid of the Duramax that would have been there. Uh, actually, they, they started with a gas engine. Okay. The six they liter. had a 6.6 liter V8, six liter. Uh, which is their latest uh, gas engine. Um, and there was a charger, uh, chargers under the hood, but also a large space uh, where nothing was really uh, there. So... So I really loved its performance on the snow. I drifted it. There's another video coming. Uh, acceleration, they say up to about 4.6 seconds, 0 to 60. I wasn't able to verify that. Uh, but what I didn't like about it is because you need to have some sort of messaging about you know, what kind of batteries should you expect? Mm. You know, what kind of range should you so expect? So you didn't like the fact that you didn't have the stuff that people use to judge whether an electric vehicle is... You viable or useful, useful for right. their lives, yeah. right? But so, so if you want to accelerate like no other, this is for you, right? right? If you want to take on the TRX and the heavy duty truck, this right. is for you. Right. But, but the range because they don't make batteries and that's still not a production vehicle, they didn't talk about it. All right, last uh, question, Andre. Did you freeze your cherries off? I was afraid about that, <laughs> but there was a heat wave. Oh, that's good. There was a heat wave, and it was about 35 degrees in the Upper Peninsula in Brimley, Michigan. 
I couldn't what, believe it. What do they it. call Upper Peninsula Michi- Michiganders? Is it Yippers? Yippers? Is it Yippers? Yeah. I'm, did you meet I'm, some Yippers? Uh, okay. I, yeah. I hey there. We went to this place um, called Antlers. Okay. In, um, Salt uh, Saint Marie, yeah. uh, which is a kind of a historical historic restaurant, historic place. Uh, food was great, and I met a youper. Yeah. Okay. Or a couple youpers. All right. All right. Well, yeah. there, there you have it. Probably more than everything you want to know about Magna's new axles. electric axles. It's pretty yeah. pretty badass. All right. Let's wrap this show up, Andre. Uh, we just got back from Chicago. I don't want to talk about Chicago. It's going to be over very soon, and it's you know. But let's talk about the cool trucks that we saw in Chicago. Uh, let me ask you this: There's always a show stopper, right? A vehicle at the show that like people are like, oh my god. All right. What do you think it was in terms of the Chicago Auto Show? I'm going to take the Bronco Raptor out of it because it's not a truck. So, nor do I think it was necessarily the showstopper. I think there was a truck that that, that, that kind of stood out above everything else. What do you think that truck was? Uh, I thought, at least for me, and and I saw people around it all the time. Mm. It was blue. Yes, I agree. I'm with and, you. Yeah, and it was. It may have been the new Chevy Silverado EV. Yeah, that was uh, incredible. Yeah, Incredible. the concept. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, rolling on 24s? Yeah, 24s. 24s, dude. oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I love the avalanche-like uh, pass-through. I love the interior. That kind of white uh, with the navy blue just was incredible. Uh, the front is incredible. I think until you stand next to it, you don't realize just what a handsome truck it is. You know, the lightning was there, too. The thing about the lightning was it's, you know, like a rounded-off version of an F-150. It looks standard. It looks yeah. normal. Right. Yeah. That yeah. is obviously much different than your current Silverado. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, there's a lot of criticism about it. You know, people sometimes, you know, say the the, light, the front doesn't look good, etc. It's too long. It's too narrow. I think you need to see it in person. Yeah. Uh, would you agree? Oh, I agree. And it had all the bells and whistles. I remember we opened up the tailgate, and then, of course, it had the step. And then when we folded the step, it even had the speakers in the step. Yeah. So it, it had it all, and, and the pa- pass-through is now 40-60 uh, split, so you can carry a long item, a canoe or something else, skis. Yeah, people don't know what we're talking about. Basically, that uh, firewall, not the firewall, the, the, the back wall where the seat would normally be, the back seat opens up, and you can extend the bed length by actually putting sliding things in there. So like yeah. a piece of plywood would slide back there. Yeah. You know, like a canoe would slide back there. Probably not a refrigerator. Maybe we could try. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, the opening is four feet wide. Okay. So you can actually carry, you know, four by eight piece of plywood or something like that with a mid gate, you know, that center section uh, folded down. So it should be useful. But what I didn't like about it is that it's still, what, 18 months away? Maybe more? Yeah, they're kind of... That, they, that's, that's what I don't they, like. They've been caught on their back foot. And, and, you know, I was driving the Hummer when I say they, I mean GM. I was driving the Hummer, what, November? Uh, and they yeah. said they were going into production in November. Any day now, they said, here we are in February. And as far as I can tell, they only delivered that one that got raffled off for a couple million dollars. I haven't seen any other uh, EV Hummers out there. Maybe they are out there. I, I could be wrong. Maybe well, there are some one. images on forums, once again, yeah. of dealers receiving some of them, right? Okay, so there's but, some but, out there. But, but there's a handful. Yeah. You know, we're not talking, you know, there may be 10, 20, 30, but I don't think we're talking big numbers. We're not talking big numbers. Yeah, I mean, when GM and Ford or Ram start building trucks, they start building trucks. Yeah, yeah and like the Tundra, I see it everywhere now. Yeah. I mean, there's several here around our offices here in Colorado. Uh, I see different ones, base ones, uh, more optioned ones. So the ton- I see Toyota cranking out the Tundras. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's like Rivian too, right? They're also kind of in that same boat. 
right? And especially with Rivian, they've got uh, they've got you know a runway that's starting to get much shorter because I I, I really believe, and I could be wrong. You never know what's going to happen with chips and the economy. God knows what's going to happen. But if if you know supply starts to meet demand when it comes to chips, Ford is going to crank those things out like TikToks. Yeah, and you know, then watch out. And then watch out yeah. because I would bet that there are a lot of people who are now sitting on like Cybertruck reservations, on Rivian reservations, who'll be like, "Holy cow! There's a Lightning I can go buy," or even let's say uh, Silverado well, EV reservations, right? Yeah. And they'll be like, why do I have to wait for two years when I can go down to my local Ford dealer and get, pick myself up one right now? Yeah, that's going to be interesting. And of course, you know, Ford is having their own kind of ordering process, right? And they're trying to fulfill uh, and satisfy all the owners or all the, you know, people who reserve them. So it's funny how we went that's from not like, easy. like too much supply to, to like overnight. None. It seems like, yeah, it just, it just blows my mind how it, how it flipped like that. Like I... Can you believe like this time last year we were like, well, should we go down see how much of a discount we can get on a truck? Because there's 200 of them here right. at the dealership. And now you're like, uh, silver or white? <laughs> I want the Patriot Blue. No, nope, can't nope. have that one. That one's nope. gone. Which is, by the way, the one I wanted but was gone. Um, yeah. And then the other truck that, that surprised me was the um, GMC Ultimate. 1500 yeah. Sierra, not 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 the Denali, but the Ultimate the, Denali. Yeah. yeah, Denali Ultimate, but it's a new trim. They cre- just created a trim above Denali, if you can believe it. And also, I was surprised you guys liked it too. Because it, it was views. It was, it was basically our most popular story from Chicago. Yeah, wh- why do you think that is? It's the most expensive truck we probably reviewed, right? I, I think it's because I'm standing next to it. No, no, I, I agree. I'm kidding. People no. think you're handsome. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so here, here's what it is. Denali, as we know, is already the most one of the most popular GMC nameplates, right? Um, and it's not inexpensive. It, it's actually quite, quite premium, quite expensive. But I think there is a customer base for this because they've created this ultimate trim on top of it uh, with unique interior, unique features, um, Super Cruises included. It's kind of an all-in, right? When you select Denali Ultimate Truck, uh, which is coming in a couple of months, actually, as far as on sale. So it will be like, it's not the guy who's the CEO of the company, but the guy who's a member of the board who owns all the stock. That's the guy who would buy that truck, right? Or gal. Yeah. Um, so because it's one of the most luxurious, period. Yeah. Um, it's not a Cadillac, but but it's that understated look, right? Uh, which a lot of people appreciate. Um, and the... Attention to detail on the truck was pretty incredible, right? It had like that Denali topography uh, in the stitching. Yeah, yeah. in the stitching, in the wood. Yeah. It was kind of everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and how much, do you remember how much it starts at? Um, $80,600. So at, it at, starts. It at, starts at 80000 Is that yeah. all in or is there all It's co- basically all in. There's a couple of options. Maybe the stereo system and the tailgate or something like this. I, I hate to say this, dude, what? but that, that seems reasonable to me. I know. After paying sixty-eight grand for yeah, a Bighorn, yeah, it seems reasonable. It just seems reasonable to me. Oh, and then the other video which we did, which is pretty cool, we should talk about that—the new twenty twenty-two all-electric e-transit. That was pretty cool too. Yeah, and once again, the e-transit uh, van looks normal. Yeah, you can come up to it, and it looks like a transit van, but but it's actually it's got this kind of a, a skateboard chassis. Of course, it's electrified. And the, the, uh, yeah, and there couldn't be a better. Uh, use case right for an electric vehicle than a van because vans usually don't go more than like 100 miles which is what that thing's range is right they're zipping around town they're not like going on the highway and right. going to another state um, so it's uh, yeah it's so, so for a lot of customers or a lot of 
you know, people who, who would buy fleet customers who would buy an electric van like that. I think it makes a lot of sense. Of course, we got emails from you guys in Alaska or Montana who say, I drive 250 miles a day. Well, this is not for you. <laughs> no. This is not for you. But for a lot of customers, it, it could be a good solution. All right, guys. Well, there you have it. Uh, Andre, thank you for going up and getting uh, cold for TFL and for your job. I really appreciate it. It was uh, fun. It was. Uh, I've never been to the Upper Peninsula. It was It was a blast. And thank you to uh, Magna for hosting us. Uh, we really appreciate it. I'm going to go drive uh, the new Navigator next week, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty co- cool. We saw it at the Chicago Auto Show, but now I get to go down to uh, Arizona and actually uh, – Get uh, behind the wheel. How about you? What you, what you up to next? So I, I'm going to, uh, we have a project with California Highway Patrol. Oh, that's right. You're so going to go drive uh, uh, like, uh, pickup police, trucks. Police, police cars. P- police, po- cars. police cars and trucks. Yeah. 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 And Tom, you and Tommy are going over yeah. there. Yeah. And actually Case is joining us as well. So uh, this is a huge project. I'm really happy. Uh, we're going to Sacramento next week. Um, so I've, that's I've always longed to be behind the wheel of a police truck. So uh, cool! I'm well, so jealous, dude. Well, this is going to be at their facility. Oh, so you're going to be a test track at the cat? I'm going to the police academy. Wow, police academy! Are you going to be able to like uh, take it around the track and yes. maybe maybe do what one of those one of those things when they bump you and they try to? I don't think a lot. Unfortunately, one. the uh, pit maneuver. The pit maneuver. That's what it's called. Is is for uh, Bolton. Well, they don't want to share the uh, the secret. Well. The maneuver. Oh. It's, it's, well, safety-wise. You, you can go to Vegas and you can do pit maneuvers. Like the, You can like get behind the wheel of a police car, right? Well, yeah, but they don't want to show people I know. hitting each other. I know. I, so. I, I don't mind. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and then can you, before we leave, can you go to TFL-Studios? Yeah. Now that we have this new screen. By the way, have you guys noticed our new studios? Well, it's not new. It's just reconfigured. <laughs> our videographer said... Uh, now that COVID is hopefully, uh, you know, on the way out, it's time to get more traditional. And personal. Yeah, is this weird looking into each other? We've spent like two it, years looking in the camera. Now I don't know where to look. It, it's weird. But we can also look at our screen. Yeah, so now we have, like I said, this is where all of our stories are. We have our news, our, our, our websites, we have our videos, we have our podcasts. And if you scroll all the way down, we also have our uh, TikToks, I believe, somewhere in there. Yeah, and this is kind of a one-stop shop. Yeah. Uh, for example, recently Zach wrote about the uh, ship carrying cars on fire uh, in the middle of the ocean. How, how come these things always, like, there's that one that sank? I, I'm, I'm just heartbroken when I see, like, 2,000 cars just go to the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, we, we need vehicles, right? And, yeah, and, and this is not good. Yeah. So you see all the latest stories, like you said, um, even even po- podcasts, uh, and, news and stories. Of course, this is on the computer, but you can also save it to your phone, and then it becomes a little web app where you can just hit. I, I go to it every morning because we're putting out so many videos now, I can't keep track of them. There you go. We it's, have eight channels. We're, we're, you know what we are, Andre? What? We are like a video news magazine. Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk? We have like sections now. <laughs> well, that's what's the goal. I mean, that's what I mean. We really wanted to do. Can I do like the uh, the, the fine dining section? I'd be good at that. <laughs> Where's our fine dining? I want to I want to go review restaurants and get free meals and and you know be the be the guy who, that they fear uh, giving them a bad review. If you own the restaurant, please reach out to us. <laughs> <DFL> restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> so. tflmenu.com yeah. your complete source of online food reviewing all right well guys thank you for watching thank you andre for going to uh, michigan yep. uh, thank you uh johnson's and ram for helping us acquire our new um heavy duty i can't wait to say it 2500 cummins yeah uh and uh, just the beginning we're going to be towing the pants off of that thing they said we could. How much? So to, to, to go over 26,100 pounds, right, for your CDL, that's combined, right? 
Yeah. So well, what do we need to do? How do we get? How do we get? How do we get into CDL territory with that? Because it'll total well, potentially 20k. It's it's easy. Um, it, it's it's quite easy. Um, but there's there's a lot of ways you can actually do it. So first of all, if your trailer is capable of at least 10,000 pounds, okay. you, you already in many states have to have a CDL. Okay. Uh, plus, well. And so if you have, so the g- gross vehicle weight rating on the Ram is 10,000 pounds. Uh, and then if your trailer's gross vehicle weight is 16,000 pounds, yeah. you add them together, you're 26. And then you're out of making a CDL. Yeah. How about if there is a bathroom on your trailer? If yeah. it's a motorhome, then <laughs> anybody can drive it. Yeah, that's an RV, right? Yes, it's an RV. <laughs> just just you, stick a toilet on the trailer. You can be 95 years old, and you could tow it across the country. <laughs> and it could be it could be 26,000 or 56,000. Or 86,000, yeah. <laughs> as long as you've got a toilet. It's a motorhome thing. <laughs> anyway. What a funny exemption. Well, guys, thank you for watching. We'll see you next time. Uh, ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.